It's time for Straight to VHS with Chris and Carson, also featuring Intern Kyle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. As always, I am Carson. As always, I am Chris. I am also Kyle, always. How you guys doing today? Go ahead, Kyle. I always feel like I answer first. Why don't you answer yeah, well, first? Well, I feel like that's the hierarchy of, of kind of the show, so I always, you know... Uh, kind okay, of you're right. Do it before well, I, guys, yeah, you're right. No, I'm good. I'm okay. Well, guys, I'm not <laughs> I'm also doing good. good. Oh. You're good, Kyle? <laughs> I'm good. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not Carson, doing, were you saying something? Oh, sorry. I'm not doing good, Chris. <laughs> oh. I'm not doing good. In fact, we here at Straight to VHS, the Straight to VHS community, have overlooked a landmark. It's gone unprepared for, unmentioned. Um, and Big Ben. Because of that, it's time for another segment of what's grinded my gears. Kyle, hit it. We don't have, there's not a sound for that. Yeah, come on. You, you overwork the boy as is. <laughs> so this week on Grinding My Gears, you know what's kind of grinding my gears, Chris? Uh, no, what? I don't. We here at Straight to VHS have failed to mention, plan, or bring up at all Kyle's birthday. Oh. <laughs> you have one of those? Uh, that's what they tell me. It's like in October, right? Why are we rushing this? We have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, Carson, why are we talking about this? In fact, it is not in October. Okay, I think it's actually tomorrow, right? It's, it's tomorrow, right, Kyle? It is. Yeah, it is tomorrow. <laughs> okay, we'll just go for it because I have this whole bit planned and we, we're going to record Happy today. Happy birthday to you. That's it. I don't oh, want to get okay, copyright get struck. By, <laughs> yeah. by, well, you know, we'll That's get copyright struck if the birthday man. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, the birthday right. man comes down hard. <laughs> right. the birthday. So Chris and I talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Throughout throughout the episode, we just have to break it up to beat copyright. So just throughout the episode, I'll continue the song, and hopefully by the end, unless I forget, which is very possible. <laughs> uh, we'll have finished your birthday song, Kyle. What right. if we get a nasty kind of person who chops this up and and then they clip it all together and then send it to the birthday man? It sounds like you sang it all in a row. Well, I hope that doesn't happen because the birthday man's a notorious serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> he will murder you. And Me? and yeah, well, yeah, because you're the birthday boy. He his he gets off on killing birthday boys. I didn't, know that. I didn't know that we were taking it there. <laughs> He's um, going to murder you, yeah. eat, your, eat your toes, and, and go home. Awesome. Love bringing that energy into my birthday tomorrow. Let's keep it up. Yeah. So I also didn't know we were going there, Kyle, uh, which is why to avoid the birthday man and all of everything that comes with him, instead of singing you the song, I wrote you a poem. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's very thoughtful. 
Yeah. Uh, Kyle, I just, well, I just want to preface <laughs> uh, the two of us wrote this poem. This is from, it's a gift from both of <laughs> oh, us. Oh, okay. Both your names are on the card. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I think you'll be able writing. <laughs> right. Carson's handwriting, Chris and Carson. <laughs> I think you'll be able to see right away Chris's influence on the poem. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, just, you know, see if anything jumps off the page at you. It's titled, Happy Birthday, Kyle, parentheses, watch out for the birthday man. <laughs> I love a good parenthetical. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't actually my part. I didn't have any say in that. <laughs> totally on his own. Okay. All right. Wow. If I may, if I may begin. <clears throat> Please do. Oh dear sweet young Kyle. It has been a great while. Last we heard you were way down south, wild and free and running your mouth. But then A new dawn, new adventures did spawn, and off back east you did go. Oh, ho, ho, adrift, lo, (laughs) young Kyle did wander. Good friend Miko was there to keep him from falling asunder. Did Kyle make it? He'll never tell. He'll see you in hell. But all in all, we know our dear friend. So in lieu of pressing... I'll say this to end. Happy birthday, Kyle. I know you make our fans smile. We missed you in Texas. And for your birthday, we wish you had a Lexus. But instead, all you get is just us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. That actually, that's, you put some work into that. That that was good. That was really good. You're welcome. Kyle, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Chris's influence was very obvious mm-hmm. throughout. So, yeah, the Lexus you know. line was all me. Yeah, yeah, because I but know you. You're a big Lexus big man, big Lexus guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I do own a Toyota, which I think Lexus is like the luxury kind of brand of Toyota. No, I wouldn't know. I'm not a Lexus guy. <laughs> Someone confirm that. Anyway, Carson, that was that was very that was really good, and I really appreciate it. And I but I don't get how this grinds your gears. Yeah, that is kind of strange. (laughs) Unrelated, we do have a new show sponsor, Straight to VHS, brought to you by Lexus. (laughs) Find your new car any day of the week. Uh, Perfect for any weather, Lexus. I'm more of a a Subaru guy myself. Don't settle for just us. Get a Lexus. Hey, wait, can I? I have a poem, too. I was inspired by Carson, so I whipped up something really fast. Like just um, now? Wait, you you mean you were inspired yeah. by something we co-wrote, so you wrote another yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. Well, just know the, your reading was so powerful. I thought I I want to read a poem of my own. Okay. Um, Carson had no say in this. This is just for me. So I've given you a gift and a half. He's only given you half. So just if we're keeping count. Okay, I've definitely been keeping track. Okay, good. Kyle, you ready for your poem? I uh, yes. Okay. Roses are red. Put, oh, by the way, please don't interrupt until the very end. <laughs> Variant. I'll, t- I'll say Finn, and then you guys can clap. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I like Kyle. Why don't you? Parentheses. Carson. Parentheses. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> Powerful. Wow. Powerful stuff here on the podcast. <laughs> I mean that's that that was not a rhetorical question, Carson. What's wrong with you? <laughs> to that, Kyle. That? 
That was Whoa. that was another uh, snippet of the happy birthday song. Honestly, um, that was that was so poorly that was so flat. I don't think the birthday man would even realize. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ready to talk about this movie? Uh, well, why don't Kyle? Did you blow yeah. out your candles? Actually, I wrote a poem for myself. Um, oh Jesus! Well, <laughs> a little self-indulgent, but whatever. You get one. No, I didn't write a poem. I didn't write a poem. Did you blow out your candles and but make I a did, wish? I did blow out my candles. I got all fifty-two of them in one go. What was um, your wish? Um. Uh, well, I can't tell you, otherwise it won't come true. You almost oh, got I almost me. got you. <laughs> I, I almost got you. Look, Kyle. Uh, if you don't mention. Say, what, it, can, wait, it, can, I, can I just say, if my wish were to come true, uh, this podcast would be hosted by two people. Whoa. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> Whoa. can't tell you which two. <laughs> I'll leave that to you to mull over and maybe step up your performance. You know what, Kyle? Your wish is granted. Uh, we release you from the show. Chris, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the movie. Uh, just the two of us to fulfill Kyle's birthday, birthday wish. Okay. Well, could... he said it, so it doesn't come true. That's how birthdays work. All right, we let's talk about the movie. Carson, what'd you pick? Oh, what, moving on for my birthday so quick? Yeah, Kyle... Aww. First off, this is a dumb bit because your birthday's in October, so I don't even know why we did this. <laughs> Go ahead, Carson. What do we watch? I'm honestly really nervous. This is going to be like a Kyle level plot summary because last night I had some beers and instead of doing writing out a little summary, I wrote that poem. Um, so, <laughs> Listen, the key is just hit the main points and get in, get out. We don't need to break down every single scene. This is, we need to like have a training course after this podcast. Okay, bear with me. So, this week on Straight to VHS, The Chris and Carson Show, we watched In the Shadow of the Moon. It is, is that a, a song. Okay. <laughs> Just, that's got a be... funny bit we did before we started recording. And so, the audience, you'll never know. You just get a little taste. Yeah, the audience got to love that, like interrupting me five seconds into my introduction for something they don't understand. Just classic, great form by Kyle. Even when it's not his introduction, he finds a way to muck it up. Um, okay. All right. I promise that's it. I'm done. In the Shadow of the Moon is a 2019 American science fiction thriller. Um, it's directed by... Jim Mickle, uh, and it opens with a young Philadelphia police officer, uh, Tommy Lockhart, a.k.a. Locke, who one night on the graveyard shift stumbles across a handful of grisly deaths. Now, he and his partner, Maddox, uh, investigate and eventually chase down the suspect, who is a black woman in a hooded sweatshirt, who also has a wounded, bloody hand. They chase her down into the subway, where uh, Locke or Officer Locke um, kills her by throwing her in the moving uh, path of a subway car. And he thinks that's the end of that, but oh, how wrong he is. Each nine years later on the same day, the cloaked woman returns to kill slash poison more people. You see the movie progresses over these um, acts that are nine years apart. Um, and you slowly see how Locke's 
obsession with this killer is destroying his life due to obsession. Ultimately, you discover that the woman is traveling through time to come back and poison all of these people that are white supremacists plotting a revolution. You don't learn that till late in the movie. Uh, I'll stop there so Chris doesn't yell at me. Chris, mm. what did you think of the movie? I was extremely disappointed when it started. I mean, for the first half. And let me tell you why. For some reason in my mind, I thought this was a movie about vampires. I don't know why. <laughs> I have no clue why, but I, I was a hundred percent sure I described it to people. People would come up to me on the streets, you might have told friends, me that. family. Yep. Yeah, maybe even Kyle. And they said, boy, what movie are you going to watch next for a straight to VHS? And I said, I don't know. It's some vampire movie. That's how I would describe it. I was very excited for vampires and it was about a third of the way through that. I went, I don't think there's going to be any vampires. In this movie. <laughs> and I got really upset and I was in a kind of a bad mood at the movie. I like slumped back on my couch got out my phone i said screw you movie you tricked me and then about maybe the final third i kind of came back around and had a good time dude 100 percent. the uh the hooded woman travels through time um correct and <laughs> excuse me sorry <laughs> uh no she's coming Go back on. to travel through time and she kills people by like stabbing him then people in the neck which leaves these like three marks mm. and i was like oh that's a bite mark oh the yeah. movie has yeah. a moon in the title like there's definitely something going on here uh-huh. with vampires or werewolves or both oh, and dude, uh, don't even get me started on werewolves you know I, vampires are great you know i'm a werewolf boy and in fact half of my notes in the beginning were me writing about how much i love werewolves and how disappointed i were was that they weren't going to show up in a vampire movie only to realize this wasn't even a vampire <laughs> movie <laughs> <laughs> brutal brutal uh kyle what'd you think uh you know i watched this in fits and starts um i got about 30 minutes in one night and then and true to true to form fell asleep uh and then finished it um on another day and uh today actually and uh i was laying in bed again and so i kind of was like in and out of the movie because i had a long day at work so i'll be honest like I came back for the last third and, and kind of kind of enjoyed kind of like wrapping it up and everything, though I do have problem with that incredibly long voiceover at the end. Um, and I mean, I enjoyed it, I guess, ish for what it was. I wasn't I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it, though, to people. Yeah, I definitely my favorite part of the film, although I agree completely with Chris's take about the werewolves mm. and vampires. Um, <laughs> My favorite part of the film was the first act, which is also the longest act, um, mm-hmm. where it takes place in 1988. Uh, he's a young detective at this point. He's got spunk. He wants to investigate this, see it out. Oh, he's a cop. He's a cop Sorry. at this point. Yeah, excuse me. He's an officer. Till later. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I thought the action, the pace, the music in that scene was just like a fun detective police action movie. Um, yeah. And then after that, I sort of lost interest. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I didn't. Also, I think there might be a, a, a time in here for some sci-fi mumbo jumbo, Chris. If you wanna, I didn't write any down, but there uh-huh. probably is. There's always a time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say you mentioned the mystery thing. I I will say for some of its faults, the movie did a decent job of of making me interested in what exactly is happening. 
and it gave a satisfying enough conclusion where I was like, okay, that's that, like when they reveal what's happening. I was like, that's that's kind of cool. I I dig that. Um, that was about halfway yeah. through the movie. So I th- I think it paid off on the mystery element. I think some of the other things could have been better, but but I do want to give it credit for for like that initial like how are these people dying? What's going on with this lady? I think they 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 do decent with that. So let's talk about the first couple uh, kills that happened in this first act. The first shot um, uh, after after the intro shot where it shows you the very end of the movie and there's like debris and everything falling from the skies, sort of post-apocalyptic. You cut to 1988 and you have this gorgeous shot of behind a piano player who's playing some great classical music and it's intense. And you cut between these three people, a fry cook, the musician, and a bus driver who all eventually die this horrible death, um, start bleeding out of their nose, out of their eyes, out of their ears. Um, Where else? Oh my. Uh, I think that is mostly the face, I, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. But then you get this great line when uh, Locke and his partner Maddox go to the bus that's crashed. And he leans down and goes, look, Maddox, pieces of brain. Because <laughs> I guess that's that was what the poison did, was deteriorated the victim's brains and it made it spill mm. out of their nose. I like like the. Go ahead, go. Okay. Well, I was just going to ask if you would have been able to identify like liquefied brains, you know? Like, yeah, sure. Okay. I buy it then. (laughs) Um, I will say, I like the design of it. I I thought it looked cool when people's brains melted out of their faces. Um, I I don't know. Like, I'm sure it was CGI or whatever, but but it it looked pretty good. I, I was pleased. I was like, oh, cool. Like, they're, they're leaning into it. So before we leave this sort of intro scene where they're investigating the murders and they find these three bodies and stuff, I want to hone in on one of the victims. who's like the fry cook who ends up mm. passing out and his mm. face just like falls right down onto the burning stovetop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The griddle. Uh-huh. And that scene was darkly darkly humorous and kind of ridiculous it reminded mm. me of the fake detective show uh that sarah marshall is a part of on the movie forgetting sarah marshall are you guys with me you know i mean about? i i know the movie but i literally gunned to my head could not tell you a single thing about the fake oh. show within the movie and then well and then they they go in and like they they make some like corny quip about the way the person died or whatever Exactly, Kyle. Spot on. We are calling this an exercise in corny quips. Do you guys have any, uh, you know, if this was like an ad for a bad Forgetting Sarah Marshall detective show, mm. What, mm. what would have been the zany one-liner when they walk in and see the chef lying face down across the hot stove? I would have, since it's a partnership, I would have turned my partner and say, how do you want your eggs? And he goes, huh? And I go, fried. <laughs> I was thinking along the eggs. I was, I was going to say like, Looks like he likes his eggs sunny side down. Oh, that's good, Kyle. <laughs> Looks like this brain's been scrambled. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I would, <laughs> sorry, that was really loud. <laughs> I, I would have turned to you, slowly taken off my sunglasses and gone. Looks like brains on the menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like these. That's a good uh, one. That's good. Are, are we going? Are we keeping going or what? Um... I don't know. Guess Is there any more? Uh, that's, uh, that's all I got. Uh, uh, what about like 
he's extra crispy. (laughs) 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 Just to end it on a really disappointing note, if you want. (laughs) That was great. Yeah, that was good. Um, Okay, so at the end of the first act, uh, you get Tommy. He finally um, gets word from another police officer that his wife had gone into labor oh i'm sorry we need to back up again wow you've like skipped half the movie i know i know we need to definitely back up there's a woman running around killing people oh yeah there is they go they go to this they go to the club and she goes yo this woman tackled me and they go what woman and she goes i don't know some black woman they go okay and then um and then she dies and then and then Mm -hmm. they chase her and then they go in the subway and then he kills her and then he goes back up to the car and he's all like man i just killed someone and then they're like yo your your wife's pregnant uh, did you know and he goes what my wife's pregnant They're like yeah she's in the hospital he runs to the hospital and his brother-in-law's oh, there it's not he that he the up to his wife he's like why did you tell me you were pregnant <laughs> see guys that's the that's how you need to do the plot thing by the way <laughs> Can we go? Yeah, thanks chris thanks uh, this has been chris's uh, course on doing podcasts uh yeah. Can we go back to the opening scene when you first meet Locke and his wife? It's at their like little like one bed slash studio oh my God, apartment. Are we hit at the beginning again? I guess yeah. this is <laughs> apropos though for the for the movie time travel. Anyway, what? Wow. Our listeners don't like to be <laughs> talked down to, Kyle. They would have picked that up on their own. Okay, I just like to think out loud. I'm not necessarily do- doing it for their sake, but for mine. Because I'm trying okay. to figure this out. What's, what do you like about this opening scene, Carson? Well, it's what, I, it's what I don't like about it. Uh, did you guys think it was rude how like he gets up and his wife's still in bed and he just like turns the TV on full blast and starts making all this ruckus in the other room? I thought it was sort but of inconsiderate. her breakfast. Yeah, but yeah. you know, just like turn the TV volume down a little bit, you know? It's like it just he was, he was super loud. And he's got a price. Mm-hmm. His, his wife's pregnant. Maybe you didn't know as you were talking about, but like, <laughs> uh, just like there was a lot going on. I, I don't know. I like to think that I would have been a more considerate partner. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a tough judge. Well, I guess she can make her own breakfast then. She's going to complain about it. <laughs> That's she, all. She, yeah, she did complain about the breakfast. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad she she died. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> the officer shows up he's like that's what you get for not liking my pancakes <laughs> next time you'll just enjoy him <laughs> he just shows up he shows up at the hospital and she's in labor and he just whispers in her ear they weren't that burnt huh <laughs> He's with his part, his brother-in-law. And he goes, "This is the second worst thing that's happened to me today." And he goes, "What? What's worse?" He's like, "I wanted some of those eggs back there." <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, <laughs> the one thing this is like a weird movie to watch a little bit. The part we glossed over where they do this like the big manhunt for this woman wearing a hood. And they do this like montage with like kick-ass music and it shows like cops just like running around arresting all these random black ladies and bring them into the yeah. precinct and like doing the photos and like, is it this one? Is it this one? It's like uh, weird with just what's happening in terms of like racial profiling and stuff. And I was like, uh, it's a little strange, but yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't figure out statement. 
Go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. I felt like it was. I mean, I don't know. Do you think I, it, I they figured, did that knowingly? Like, I think I don't know. I think it definitely says something that that about that. I think it was knowing. I don't think you put that in thinking like, oh, it's just like a misunderstanding on all these women in black hoods or blue yeah, hoods. yeah, maybe that could be true. That could be true. I went back and forth on this aspect of the movie, whether I thought it was um, a little ignorant and tone deaf or whether I thought it was incredibly smart and perceptive um, regarding some of these race issues. Um, Mm. There is a way in which you could look at it and see officer and then detective Locke as sort of just like an avatar for white America because he starts to pick up over these nine year periods, he picks up pieces of who the hooded woman is targeting, who she's killing and why she's doing it. He gets pieces of that along the way that you as a viewer can pick up on, but he's completely um, just focused on stopping her and on killing her. He doesn't, he, a sort of like larger goal and those sorts of, you know, the fact that she might be coming back in time to kill these white supremacists is totally uh just not something that he can process in his mind and he's just only focused on killing her and tracking her down um Mm. and you could see that as sort of an avatar for like white america never listening to the plea of like black america um i i'm not sure if i believe that this movie was trying to do that intentionally or not yeah i think uh I'll just agree with with Carson real quick. And also, I I think I said black hoods earlier when I meant blue hoodies, and it just kind of like was a weird slip of the tongue. And I don't want to like I just want to go on record that I that that sounded weird maybe at the time. But if if not, then also I'm just putting my foot in my mouth more. Um, But uh, the time travel aspect, uh, could someone fill me in on that real quick? Because, I, because, like I said, I was kind of, I, I wasn't the most attentive viewer, which is also why I'm not adding a lot to this <laughs> uh, at, at the moment. Uh, it sounds like a Carson job to me. Man, like, it how, is... did, how, it, how did it work? Because like that, but there was also a scientist who like was kind of figuring it out at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. All I can really tell you about the time travel is that she like does it in these little bubbles that fill up with water and then take her back and forth in time. (laughs) And they only only transport her to one spot, uh, which is like in this drain pipe by the ocean. And it can only happen uh, during during the blood moon. I think it's like a super moon or something, blood moon, some, uh, something like that. It's like, yeah, it was just a full moon. I don't know. But it's only every nine years, though, too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's like when the lunar phenomenon happens or something. Oh, okay. Uh, Look, and did they explain why that was? No, not really. No, they, they did not. To okay. me, the blood moon time travel part of the movie, which I can't even say without laughing, was probably the weakest part of the film whereas like i thought the best part of the film was sort of the high octane early on police investigations with when you're Mm. intrigued interested in what's happening it's kind of gory and there's uh you just don't really know what's up 
I think I disagree. I liked the concept of this woman traveling back in time. And so she knows things at points that he like. So basically in the beginning of the movie, she knows everything and he knows nothing. And then as they go on, it reverses where he knows everything and she knows nothing. I thought that was an interesting dynamic. I wish the movie had gone more into it and got really weird and trippy and bizarre. Yeah, that might have sort been, of flirted with it for better. a bit. Um, Do the, so they ever. Yeah, I think up? like what they could have done is. Um, what do you mean catch you up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, sorry, like, do they ever catch up to her? Because they go, like, they show her, like, being born at the end, kind of. And so it's like, right. she, does he, he catches up to her, right? Well, she's going backwards. So she starts at year zero and goes backwards. And he starts, or she starts in 2000 and goes backwards. And she, he starts in 1980 and is going forward. So every nine years they cross paths, but. Okay. So, I mean, he gets, he, he meets her and she basically says like, in one jump, you know, you're my grandfather. It's his granddaughter. Yeah. And you need to like, let me do this because the world future world sucks. And yeah. he says, okay, you're right. And then at that point he gets to the future and is holding her and is basically going to raise her knowing that she's going to go back in time and eventually be killed by him. So I he think... does catch up with her is all that, 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 that answers the question. That's, that's how I, I couldn't phrase that correctly, but okay. I think you do to get one scene where, and it's sort of in the long voice montage of the granddaughter at the end, you see her and what you could say is like the final of the nine year phase of this movie, you know, going to the weird physics lab and getting into the water time travel bubble. Like I, that, that is sort of like the, the catching up moment I would say of like when, but you, you never see like the dad is not there to see his granddaughter to like um, go back in time or anything. Yeah, and I mean, you hit the time the time travel paradox a little bit, not to get too in the weeds, but so if if he gets to the future, if she succeeds in her mission, then the future never gets to the point where they would need to send someone back in time. So then she never would have gone back in time to do the mission. You get stuck in this loop. Yeah, where it's like well, yeah, that was my thing. It was like, why didn't she just go back and kill the source guy at like? So they, they explained that it's like, it's not just one person that led to this movement. It was like multiple people all converged. So they basically killed the parents of a bunch of people. They killed the dude who wrote the thing. So they, they had to like end up oh. killing like 10 or 20 people who all was, whose offspring all played a role in this organization movement. Okay. Okay. Kyle, you need to let's take five when she watches movie. <laughs> I definitely missed a little bit of that or a lot of that. <laughs> okay, all of that. Let's talk about uh, poison isotopes, can we? Sure, I guess. I've been waiting. <laughs> so, uh, the hooded woman is traveling back in time to kill all of these would-be white supremacists but she does it with this weird like injection to the neck that as we previously talked about misled chris and i into thinking that there were vampires in this movie mm-hmm. um i'm glad it, i didn't go in with the predisposition oh, that man. predisposition it really because i yeah, would have been yeah yeah i would have been in your camp disappointed 
So why does she do you it? You know what? Way? I'm disappointed that vampires weren't in it too. I want to. <laughs> I want to hop on that train. Can I? On the record, <laughs> three of us united. <laughs> Give us some damn vampires yes. next time in the Shadow of the Moon. In the Shadow of the Moon too. Better have some vampires. I can promise you that. <laughs> in the okay. in the shadow of the second moon. Cool. I'll stop interrupting you, Carson. They call it In the Shadow of the Blood Moon. It's a great sequel. Oh. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. And they do like the the moon's got like vampire fang shadows on it and blood's dripping from the bottom of the moon. There's a movie poster. Mm-hmm. I want credit. I got and Kate Beckinsale on the phone right now. Yeah, good. Can we get the Go sun ahead. to like look like a werewolf too, and then like it becomes a blood moon where like the werewolf like goes behind the moon and there's an eclipse and it's like eating the moon. We can do whatever you want, man. That sounds awesome. We're the producers. <laughs> so, why does she have to kill with the isotope, quote unquote, isotope injections that they can only trigger from mm-hmm. the future? Another why can't question. she just shoot them? You know, <laughs> um. I guess because the guy made it and he wanted to use his pig killing machine on people. Uh, he's crazy. Oh my oh gosh! Yeah, yeah. pigs. Forgot about that. Maybe that because, was a messed up scene. Uh, because it, like they said, like they can do it kind of like remotely. So she just has to like inject them, and that's like the only evidence. And there's no like bullet casings or any literal smoking gun in case things go wrong. It's like just this kind of device she can easily hold on to. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe. Dude, let's talk about that pig scene, man. So like, this is a character we haven't really talked about. He has like three scenes. I don't know his name. He's some yeah, sort he of. He was physicist. very confusing too. Mm-hmm. Like he just is around, and he's like, "Yo, I think this lady's time traveling." And we're like, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "I don't know." And then later on, he's around again, and he's like, "Hey, I've got this weird device I'm killing pigs with. I'm going to use it someday to kill kill humans." And you're like, "How have you come to that conclusion?" Like you don't even you don't know what the future holds. And then he's the one who invents time traveling to send the lady back with this device that he's been creating this whole time. Maybe he's like time maybe he's a god or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's time traveling forward ish. See, she's time traveling back, and our main character is just living normally. Maybe it's very possible. This and more to be revealed in On the Dark Side of the Blood Moon. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Because the two, the two are the fangs coming down. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dripping with blood. Yeah. Dude, so- and, then, and, then, and then it's in the shadow of the moon. 3D. That's our thing. Yeah. We have no plans except for that it's in 3D. But it's we'll going to be. It's going to be in 3D. Yeah. We promise. We're banking on a 3D comeback. Yeah. It's our only hope. <laughs> Number two was really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the physicist is testing out this isotope poison thing, and he injects three pigs with it, and then he's like, run test number one. The pig bleeds out of its face and then dies. Then he's like, test number two. The pig bleeds out of its face and then dies. And at that point, it's like, don't you think you've run enough tests? Like, you got it, like, man. Like, changed. it's working. You're killing the yeah. pigs, you know? Like, <laughs> do you need to do you need to do the same thing to the third one? Well, he does. Uh, and now our hooded yeah, woman. tested like three times, right? You know, it's science. Just to make sure you have data points, uh, enough data mm-hmm. points to, to prove your theory. Yeah, I suppose under that logic, he should have done like a thousand pigs. I guess that was nice in the movie not to show us <laughs> raising his finger a thousand have, yeah. times. It was like trial 32 or something. Oh, 
So I, I have a grind in my gears. Can I jump on oh. board your famous segment? Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be tough to top the uh, famous one from earlier in the day, but yeah. go ahead. I'm really mad that Kyle's birthday is happening, that famous one. <laughs> my grind in my gears is related to this movie, and it's, can they not have hired a makeup person to do old person makeup? Because our main character does not age a day, other than his hair gets crazier and crazier. We're, it's supposed to be nine-year time jumps, and by the end, he looks exactly the same, just wearing a white wig. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The the but his brother-in-law kind of has a little bit of makeup. Yeah. It looks like. I literally like I I burst out laughing the final like time jump when it pans around him because they're like showing from behind to think, oh man, we this is crazy. People are gonna be shocked. He's aged oh. nine years again. And they pan <laughs> around and he's like got this crazy hair and he's all hunched over. And you're like, oh my god, he's gonna look old. And then it pans around and he's just like Hey, it's me, like very handsome actor, probably in my early 30s. I'm still here. It's like, oh, he looks handsome and young, like he has all movie. I I just cannot stop laughing. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the first one, but good try. (laughs) (laughs) It's a valiant effort. So, Chris, go ahead and talk us through the end of this movie. What do we figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, and the year, I think it was it. 2015 20 no it's 2024 well that's when it ends but 2015 is when you get the big reveal of like him waiting for her on the beach finally he says i gotcha he shoots her in the face (laughs) that's for maddox (laughs) and he walks off (laughs) that's how it ended right why did they have to get rid of maddox i felt like yeah he was a cool actor that was a brutal death too and she just like turns around just pumps him in the face with that shotgun yeah i almost want to go back and watch like it'd be interesting to see and i don't recall if the very opening of the movie if she had like because she breaks maddox's leg and stuff i wonder if if there's like a moment where she looks at him or and i don't recall if there was like a moment where she's like oh i'm sorry i kill you in nine years kind of thing because it was an accident but um, well, he said she says in the 1988 plot line, the first plot line, she mm-hmm. says to Locke, "I'm sorry, I killed your partner," or "I'm sorry." I oh, your okay. I don't. Yes, yeah, oh. I don't. I need, I didn't remember all the little details oh. like that, but I couldn't remember if he had a moment. Um, so yeah, 2015, <laughs> he turns around, and she comes out of her uh, water t- teleporter, and. They have a heart to heart and he basically says, I'm going to stop you because in his mind, and this doesn't quite make sense either because he knows he fails. If it's really, she's time traveling backwards is what he's determined. He knows he never stops her because he sees her in 1980s and then kills her. So, so he knows he fails his mission. So he might as well just give up and live his life. But anyway, he keeps chasing after her and he's, he believes if he, if he kills her, he will basically reset the timeline and I guess like he'll wake up from a bad dream and, and be back with, and his wife won't die in childbirth, even though that was not related and he'll be a better father, I guess. So, uh, and then she basically says, you're, you know, the future is going to suck. White supremacists take over and you're my grandpa. So that'd be kind of messed up if you shoot me. Um, and she shows a little bracelet that proves it because he gave a bracelet to his daughter, a little charm bracelet. That was a nice little moment, I thought. Yeah, I think the daughter was could have been a more involved character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I like the actress yeah. just to give it. She's um, it, actually we had two. The partner too, 
uh, Maddox, both uh, her and him were in season two of Fargo, great TV show. Uh, oh. And I don't, I don't recall their names. I didn't bother looking it up, but they're there. <laughs> and she also is in a, a pretty fun, turn your brain off Netflix show called The Society. Check that out too if you want some good, fun, on in the background show. Okay. That's my plugs. You're welcome, Netflix. I was free. <laughs> Next one's going to cost you. Yeah. My thing about the end is so this final scene and then the monologue from mm. his granddaughter, aka the monologue woman. Truck. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was too long and it reminded me a lot, frankly, of the Fantastic Beasts, the Crimes of Grindelwald movie, where Ugh. all of... Ugh. I know, sorry, I should have warned you. I do. I get the gag reflex. Kick in. Uh, Very good. But it reminded me of that film because, you know, both in Beasts and in, in this movie, all of the mildly entertaining action and plot and intrigue is only tangentially related, I feel like, to the big exposition-heavy reveal at the end. And now, mm-hmm. I guess I'm sort of with you, Chris, on, like, you know, the time travel and the mystery and what she's doing. But the whole to put a bow on it at the end with this, you know, we're preventing a white supremacist revolution. Like, I think they could have done maybe, I don't know. It just, it felt a little out of left field. Maybe there could have been a little bit more forewarning and building that in as opposed to just like, here's everything we stopped, you know, in the last five minutes of the film. Yeah. No, that was a huge, uh, a huge bummer. It was just exactly right. It was, you know, here's everything you just saw and why we did it. Um, or here's why we did everything you just saw. Uh, just explain in a voiceover. Uh, even though they were already kind of exploring that in the dialogue between the the grandfather and the granddaughter, the time traveler and the main detective. Uh, it's just, yeah, they just tried, they just were wrapping it up uh, in an exposition monologue that just went on forever and I tuned out and was not interested. Ugh, yeah, I think they like they waited till the end to do that reveal as like the final moment. I think this movie could have and I sort of go back to making it weirder. Like you could have gotten to that point at the halfway mark. Yeah. Or some like give enough time. And then what I would have done is shown shown so basically he accepts what's happening and then you show her perspective going back in time would have been interesting, like really weird stuff. And she comes out and you see her perspective going backwards. And then you end the movie with her getting pushed into the subway could have been interesting. Um, just like more artsy stuff around. And um, cause the director and cinematographer had a few moments like coming to mind in the, in the club when, when the girl dies he like shot it from under the glass table so you see the blood spreading out it's kind of it's just like there's a few cool shots like that or when he falls out of the airplane into the ocean he's like floating Mm -hmm. in the water for a bit just more like free it up a little bit have more stuff like that i think could have been fun you like seeing all those brain pieces splatter Mm -hmm. across the table yeah because i just kept thinking like boy i could use some eggs (laughs) good oh my god eggs maybe some bacon hmm Kyle, give us uh, uh-huh. your closing thoughts on the film. Uh, I have one more quip when the guy's face is on the griddle. We, oh, we all yes, walk in. Good. I look at you two and I say... Oh, there's three of us? Yeah. There's three, we're all three cops in this yeah. scenario? Actually, okay. 
I, this this brings up. Nope, never mind. Let me okay. let me wrap up. Sorry. Yeah, I look at you two. We wa- we just walked into the diner. Guy's face on the still hot griddle. No one's bothered to turn it off. It's still sizzling. And I say, anybody hungry? <laughs> I mean, I so you put your sunglasses on. He goes, what? <laughs> yeah. And then I leave and let you guys do the crime scene. <laughs> I'm just the quip guy. <laughs> <laughs> you saved that one for last that was that was your end <laughs> I, yes this is just a podcast of diminishing returns <laughs> that's good i feel like most people tune out you know like after a failed plot somewhere anyways so we're probably just we're flying solo at this point <laughs> uh chris what do you say we go to the notebook yeah let's do it all right give us a note Okay, this ties perfectly into Kyle's thing. I just wrote in my notebook, uh, I love, guys, I don't know if you know this, I love a good Greasy Spoon Diner. Yeah. I am a big fan, and there was some great food shots. Not only the face on the griddle, but also like that Chinese <laughs> restaurant, Marketplace, that made me really hungry. I was very hungry watching this movie. Mm. There's so much good food, like a Philly cheesesteak at some point. Like There's so much stuff, and I was very appreciative of it. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree, uh, including those uh, pancakes that uh, that dead wife was ungrateful for. I mean, I thought they looked fine. So, uh, Kyle, what's your note? Yeah. Um, so this this film took place in Philly, and um, if you know anything about me, I'll let I'll just fill you in that I am moving to Philadelphia. I'm in New Jersey right now, and I was in Philadelphia a few days ago, just going through, but. Uh, I'm moving to Philadelphia uh, in a few days here, so um, I I kind of recognized a few things that that I'd saw on my way through, and and will be experiencing in the future. So stay tuned for a a little Philly update when I get there. Going to Philly. Can you send me a cheesesteak, Kyle? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you, Chris. What what show was I quoting? Uh, I don't know. Going to Philly. I know. I know. Can uh, pick me. No, pick me. No, I know. I know. Can I go first? Okay. That was from Phil to the Phil of the future. Uh, <laughs> Very topical. Great. Great quote. Wow. Uh, way to that reference is, that yeah, time show. travel. Yeah. yeah. Good one, Curse. Hell nice. yeah. Okay. Uh, my note. Oh, that was from How I Met Your Mother, by the way, season one. Mm. Ah, close. Going to lick the Liberty Bell. Um, Chris I've got one word for you I'm going to say a word we're going to play that game what's that game called where I say one word and then you guess what I'm thinking of password we're going to play around a password for the viewers okay 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 Okay. cue in the path I don't know what it is but cue in whatever jingle password isn't wasn't there a show password play that so people get all excited oh right right yeah Kyle put that in and post yeah Um, yeah, yeah. okay you ready on it yeah, i'm always ready yeah your word is nosebleed <laughs> i'm supposed to say a word to tie in the nosebleed yes but i picked um, you come on because of our shared history and love and interests and all this stuff no, are you talking about the time you fell over a chain and busted your face open no gosh why would i oh. want to bring that up on a that's not even a word that's just a poorly like horrendous anecdote okay fine fine chain happy chain no, i'm not happy because i don't want <laughs> jesus uh make me remember the time that i broke my face 
I don't know. What do, are you talking about? Do I get about? a guess? Do I get Go a ahead, guess? Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, you picked Chris, so I feel like it's something you you two know that maybe I wouldn't. Carson, would I know this? Just so I, if I have a chance. Uh, I honestly can't remember how into this show you were. Oh, it's a show. I got a little clue there. That was a hit. Uh, it's Phil, Phil the Future. Uh, oh, oh, dude. Wait, Heroes. Boom. What? I introduced you to this what show. Oh my what god. What an obscure reference. Like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> when I think of heroes, I don't think of nosebleeds. Wait, so honestly, uh, I, I forgot that this was in Heroes 2, but the word I was actually thinking of was lost. Wasn't this a point on lost where like no. they time travel and get nosebleeds? <laughs> so it wasn't even heroes. No, it wasn't heroes. Don't give Kyle what? credit. <laughs> no, it was You gave lost. me credit. Okay, fine. Yeah, listen. Okay. Nosebleed is so obscure. It was like, it would be, you know, it, so many different movies and shows and books and just life have nosebleeds. That, that was very Look, difficult. Chris, when I ask you a question, like, the answer, like, half the time, at least, the answer is going to okay. be some sort of lost reference. You're right. Okay? You're right. When I saw that, when the people in the opening scene of this movie started getting nosebleeds, I just, like, spontaneously shouted, like, Daniel Faraday in my apartment. Um, talk about obscure characters from that show. So, uh, anyway, our friendship took a hit here. I'm sorry the viewers yeah. all had to listen to that. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I well, and you for my for our friendship you. too, Carson, because you gave me credit and then took it away. So, was that on, was nosebleeds honestly a thing on Heroes? I had forgotten. That was a I was there was a part of Heroes like I can't remember exactly why, but it was like whenever someone used their powers and they came out of like some state, then they got a nosebleed. Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right. Chris, when I say nosebleeds, what where, what am I thinking of? <laughs> um, uh, Fill up the future. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Carson got it. Okay. Um, I just want to say, we've talked a lot about food, and we're going to keep talking about food. You know, pancakes in this movie. I'm going to go on record right now, drawing a line. If you don't agree, stop listening. You're not welcome. Okay? Waffles are better than pancakes. Whoa. Hands down. Number two... I think this is a given. Everyone agrees French toast is the best. But oh, when it comes no, to pancakes versus agree. waffles, Carson, leave. Get out. <laughs> I made it very clear. <laughs> what do you mean French toast is the best? Are you kidding me? It's just a different flavor. I'm not always in the mood for that egginess. But it's it's like, oh, my God. Pancakes get so dry. Mm-hmm. and just like Pancakes can, are the easiest to mess up, for sure, I feel like. No one in and you get history of the world has ever finished a plate of pancakes ever it's hard they've never done it it's way too much it, it literally is just eating bread french toast has got cinnamon it's just delicious it's gooey it's ooey it's delicious <laughs> waffles amazing pancakes devil's food <laughs> okay well easy devil's food kyle you are a worshiper of satan <laughs> if you eat pancakes and enjoy Jesus. them you can eat them oh, but you can't gosh. enjoy them well, okay Okay. What does this have to do with the movie? Because there's pancakes in the movie, and I'm oh, going yeah, on record and being <laughs> Chris, this is tough. It's a big rift in our friendship, but mm-hmm. I guess all I can say is I'll see you in another life, brother. <laughs> is that a reference to something? Oh, my God. Get out of here. Leave. <laughs> you, can't, you can't break my heart twice in one episode. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a note. I have a note. Yeah. Uh, 
speed of pet peeves in the car, Carson, uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed this in this movie when they were driving at the, in the first uh, in 1988 in the first part of the movie, they did not use their windshield wipers. Uh, it was Ooh. pouring down rain. Not once did I see a shot with windshield wipers going. So I was just wondering how they were navigating. And that was kind of like a little pet peeve. I've got one to tack on. Carson, did you get triggered when you saw him driving and talking on the phone and trying to write down stuff on the <laughs> paper? Did that freak you out? Um, No, not really. Because like he was still looking forward, you know? It's just when someone is like actively driving forward at high speeds and looking behind them, that, that's when I get triggered. So I appreciate your concern, but uh, you're wrong and don't know me at all and lost forever. I like pancakes. Um, I'm actually out of notes. Does anyone else have any other? Oh, notes? I've got so many. More. Uh, oh I have God. one more. I'm going to take over this podcast. I'll let Chris. I'll go, go Kyle. Yeah. yeah. I wrote down a single question. I said, "Why is she so strong? What is she like? A super soldier? Is she Captain America? She's like invincible. The hooded woman." Yeah. Uh, are you actually asking us? I don't know. Because uh, I can't. No, that's I don't know. my note. I mean, okay. you don't have to answer. It's just my note. Okay. Why is she so strong? Because she grew up. <laughs> she grew up on those pancakes from her grandfather. Yeah. Ah, okay. Pancakes, Chris. That's right. <laughs> I'm um, just not going to let this go. Uh, my note is: Have any cops ever shown up to a crime scene and not had a detective they don't like be there? yeah i know it was a little tropey the the pregnant wife back home the cop like going above his station to like investigate and and i know he they were a little more like like amicable because they were brother-in-laws but like it was still kind of like that that rift there just between Mm. cop and detective uh oh my god i just are we not past this yet like i don't know as a society anyway all right, let me just throw out my last bit of notes, get rid of them. Uh, I liked the set design in this car. Every time jump, unlike his makeup, which was non-existent, they actually showed like the car getting messier and messier and more lived in. It was nice set design. Um, and my last one, I also just want to say the song that played during the end credits, and I know it's annoying because Netflix hates, it's, they have a war on end credits, but if you listen to it, it was very good. I enjoyed the song, the end credits. <laughs> it was can, nice. Can you tell us the title or, or anything about it? Or no, it was just, it was the movie's it, soundtrack song. It was yeah. like an actual no, song. the song. Yeah, yeah, the song was in the shadow of the moon. Yeah, and then finally, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say what we're all thinking. In the shadow of the moon is a bad title because it's misleading. It makes us think <laughs> of vampires, and it makes us think of werewolves. So I would like us all, if possible, to come up with a better title right now. Okay. For this movie, do you have any ideas, guys? Let's help them out here. Hmm. How about like sucks? Parentheses, no vampires. <laughs> well, okay, if, we're, okay. if just if being, if being in the shadow of a moon makes you think about vampires and werewolves, what if you just call it not in the shadow of the moon? Okay, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Can I? I, I have one I wrote down. It goes. Granddad, let me kill. You have to say it like that. 
Yeah, because there's exclamation points, and it's like it's on the cover. It's going to be her like hands on the hip, like shaking her head at this old guy. <laughs> Can it be holding it with an annoyed look, rolling her eyes? Yeah, granddad. Yeah. <laughs> How about her kind of standing like a sassy little stance in that diner with the guy face down on the the oven beside yeah. her? She's holding his face down, like shaking her head, and he's like, <laughs> "How about like the." sisterhood of the traveling white supremacist book club that's good or you could say the of the traveling brain melter device <laughs> uh when pigs die <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> or how about she thematic story <laughs> does he say that in the movie i think he does he yeah. says it like four times he's, yeah. <laughs> he's always going she yeah yeah that's good those are good ideas um Kyle, yeah do your thing oh um mail mailbag <laughs> okay that was kyle's jingle for our mailbag section where we answer questions I've got uh, two this time, guys. So let's two. Let's, uh, yeah, two of them. Big week. <laughs> First one, a letter written to us from a Mr. Bob Gorman from New Hampshire. Thank you, Bob. What up, Bob? Uh, yep. Bobby G. He writes, do you guys cry during movies? What is a movie that has made you cry? Yeah, I do. I do cry during movies. Yeah, I do as well. I, I'd say like tear up, maybe not like full on cry as much, but like tear up yeah, for sure. With yeah. my eyes well. Mm-hmm. Carson, you a crier? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh definitely okay. it's not a full on sob for sure, but I, I definitely a an eye weller. Um mm-hmm. indeed. I was just trying to like scribble down movies that we've done on this podcast that have made me cry. Oh. Um Kyle, any off the top of your head that make yeah, you cry? I remember specifically uh watching Bridge to Terabithia in theaters and uh, when Terabithia <laughs> dies, I don't know what the girl's name is. Uh, Her name when... is not Terabithia. <laughs> <laughs> when little bridge dies, <laughs> that bridge goes down. Um, no, when the when the girl dies, though, I was uh... spoilers. So yeah, it was like you know my eyes were welling, and then I do remember one tear rolling down my cheek, um, <laughs> and I yeah I couldn't couldn't keep it in, man. I was super sad. Yeah, I mean, just off, like middle school off, or something. Off the top of my head, I'd say like Pixar movies get me a lot. Uh, Up just adds that sad scene. Uh, uh, Coco has a pretty sad scene. I I say Pixar gets me quite often. Yeah. So off the top of my head, I I don't have a list in front of me. I'm just trying to remember, but I can tell you that I definitely cried during movies we've done on this podcast during Marriage Story, 1917, and Robin Hood. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't cry during any of those. You're that? a baby. <laughs> when did you, when'd you no, cry during Chris, Robin Hood? No, we don't make fun. We normalize right. crying in movies. All right. When did, when did, okay, but Robin Hood, when did you cry in Robin Hood? I, there was some like romance parts in there when he gets torn away from his love and stuff like that. It was tough, you know? Kyle, come on. Let me make fun of him. <laughs> Dude, in 1917, at the end, when his when 
uh, I can't remember their names, but like the main guy finally gets Harry Chapman, friend of the podcast. Yeah. I cried when he died too. That's a fair point. No. I did cry when Harry died. No, I didn't. <laughs> I also cried during the King when Harry died because he is <laughs> God. He's amazing. I didn't cry when he's he died. Dying. I cried when his partner finally got and gave his tags back to his brother. That's what got me. Mm. Rob Stark. Right, right. Yeah, Rob Stark. Yeah. Harry, shout out. We know you're listening, buddy. Friend of the pod. Yeah, we have another one, don't we? <laughs> That's right. Oh, God, I'm so used to just being done now. Uh, second question. This is a quick one. I felt I thought this was like a good, quick question. From at Katie Love Space on Twitter, uh, messages lights on or off during a movie? Off, unless it's a scary movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Arson, uh, I mean, I don't have a hard and fast rule, depends on the time of day. Yeah, I, I usually watch movies pretty late. Um, and for the most part, I I leave a little light in the corner of my apartment yeah, on. Yeah, maybe a little, yeah, a little maybe, mood lighting like that. It depends what I'm doing. If I'm like eating something, I like to have a little light. If I'm writing notes for this podcast, I like to have a little light. I have to like actively decide to turn the lights off if I'm like, this movie will be enhanced um, or something. But Did you help me write Kyle's poem with the lights on or off? They were on. I had them off. Interesting candlelight but uh i I still want to know why my birthday ground carson's gears (laughs) i tried i think it's funny that that didn't come across i tried to explain it as like it's grinding my gears because we haven't recognized it enough or like we haven't planned for it at all so i had to write this poem you know just know though we co-wrote the poem kyle i do not co-sign the whole grinding my gears debacle your birthday brings me nothing but joy and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Carson? Yeah. I guess that, I guess I accept your explanation. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us. Well, time out. Because I'm in charge now. Oh. It's, it's now the Chris and Carson show instead of the Carson and Chris show. Because I'm picking the movie next. <laughs> it was already the Chris and Carson show. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. it always has been and always will be. <laughs> Also, Kyle, really fast. Uh, did, you, did you pick up on your life lesson oh, from this movie? Um, I forget. I almost forgot. White supremacists are bad. Always eat your pancakes, or you will die oh. during childbirth. That you know, arguably also important. <laughs> kind of a dark message. Anyway, I'm in charge this week. I get a pick. I'm going to say, guys. We've been giving way too much love to Netflix. This is ridiculous. Oh. What has Netflix ever done for us? Not sponsor yeah. our show, I'll tell you that much. They're no Lexus. Yeah. We, we literally... <laughs> no Mr. Pip. Like, yeah. <laughs> we give them so much. We watch so many of their movies, and they give nothing back to us. Yeah. So, you know what? Screw them. We're going to go to the little company that could, Amazon. That's right. For our next will movie. will definitely give us something for picking up him. Jeff Bezos, we're giving you a little free press. Easy, kick something, kick something back our way. We're watching boys and girls and listeners, but you guys are the boys. We're watching the Vast of Night on Amazon. I think it's a science fiction movie. I I saw the trailer once. Look, okay, vampires. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I saw the trailer once. 
let me tell you what I think it's about. I think it's a science fiction film about people who pick up aliens on their radio one night and go investigate. That's what I think it is. Okay. So I'm going in with that mindset. So just know if there, are no aliens, <laughs> if there are no aliens, I'm going to be really ticked off. So good. the vast right. night on Amazon. Expectations are set accordingly. So it's not night. It's not KN night. It's... Nope. It's like, it's like a night. Mm. Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. What would the vast of KN night be, Carson? What's that movie? to you that's a great question kyle um save it for the next pod (laughs) so thanks for being (laughs) with us here today on the straight to vhs chris and carson show it's always been chris and carson don't let him fool you um (laughs) maybe we'll get kyle in the title one day probably not don't get your hopes up my breath (laughs) uh fast of night uh (laughs) Chris, sorry, I don't mean I don't mean to step on your toes. Are, are, are we really done? Uh, give Kyle one last word if he wants. Oh no, I'm good. Happy birthday to, to you. you! Oh, Chris, you remember? You guys remembered?